Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with Byteclear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Byteclear aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Go Steelers! Go Steelers! Say go Steelers! Go Steelers! Steelers Outpost Podcast, a proud member of Sports Drink Network. It is April 3rd, 2022. This is Tom coming to you from Sawdust Studios in the Washington, D.C. Outpost. Nick joins me from the Houston Outpost, and we are happy to have David here for our long-promised quarterback show. First, I wanted to say hi to some people. As you know, I work for a medical association, and we held a leadership conference yesterday in town. I was asked to talk, so I subjected the audience of rising leaders to my presentation. And at the risk of embarrassing myself and maybe getting fired, I did plug the podcast. So it's possible that some of them will check it out, if only out of morbid curiosity. If that's the case, I want to thank all the AGA forward and future leaders. I hope you enjoyed the weekend, and I hope to see you in May in San Diego. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen. We're glad to have any newcomers to the podcast that we can possibly get aboard uh, on this, uh, this afternoon of information dissemination because we're going to tell everybody what's up with these quarterbacks whether you're Steelers fans or not but while we're talking about gut health let's talk about athletic greens tons of people take a multivitamin and it's important to choose one that is top quality or as I like to say in the industry top drawer with one delicious scoop of athletic greens you're absorbing 75 high quality vitamins minerals whole food source superfoods probiotics and adaptogens. I'll say it twice, Dad, so you don't repeat it. Adaptogens to help start your day right. Look, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition, especially during cold and flu season, or really, as the case is, allergy season down here in Houston where everything is covered in a yellow dusting of pollen, and it's pretty brutal. But Athletic Greens will help you. With just one scoop and a cup of water every day, that's all you need. No need for a, di- a million different pills and supplements and acupuncture or whatever to look out for your health. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you got to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash sports drink. Again, that's athleticgreens.com slash sports drink to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. ColorCast is a live audio only sports talk platform that's free to download and easy to use. You can talk to fans, you can talk to athletes and insiders and podcasters and other humans in real time. It's perfect for watch parties, debates, post-game breakdowns and reacting to breaking news. Share your own experiences on the app. Share the majesty of the the greatest team ever assembled in NFL history after the Steelers nailed this draft. All you need to do is download the ColorCast app for free in the iOS app store, create a profile, link your Twitter, and join the group. 
hey, listen, I think this is going to be a great episode because there was controversy in our pre-pod planning. We tried to order these quarterbacks in terms of worst to best, and uh, you generally agreed that there is one point of contention that I think might come out in this discussion. David, first questions first. Everybody says this quarterback class sucks. Is that hype? True or false? How did you feel like in general about the class? Uh, overall, I don't think my entire outlook on the draft changed too much with the quarterbacks after looking at them. Uh, a little bit more encouraged, I would say. But overall, my uh, the general overview of all five of them that we're going to look at today kind of stayed the same, in my opinion. Maybe one or two movements, but overall, pretty similar to what we thought in the beginning. Yeah, I was impressed with a few things. There's a couple butts on these guys. There's some butts that pack some power. There's some dumpers on these guys. And let me tell you what that means. I was surprised with some of the break tackles from some of the shorter guys in particular. Um, But what I thought in general was, number one, I think the quarterback class is ranked accurately, but not so not so much that like it sucks. It's just it doesn't compare to the last few years. Damn, like the last like six years it feels like where there have been some really bona fide guys. I feel like the issue with this class is I'm looking at my notes here. It's such a modern class, and I just feel like there all these QBs sort of play like young Ben Roethlisberger but without the talent, the, the level of talent or the size. And what that, I, I mean, it's like it's playground, extend plays, and try to throw to guys who are already open. But you can only get away with that if you're a freak show like Roethlisberger or Russell Wilson. I feel like these guys aren't quite at that level. Malik probably would be, but he's short, and that's, that's an issue. Uh, Corral might be as well, but he's sort of slight, and that's sort of an issue. So... What did you think about just the general style of quarterback player? Do you did that resonate with you at all? What you started off with, I completely agree. The first, I would I would say, at least four out of five of them, uh, I got to give it to them. They're tough kids. They uh, they yeah. take hits, they lower their shoulders, Seriously. and they get right back up. Uh, well, I mean, we'll get into them individually, but overall, like the general consensus I had at the end was like, these guys kind of. Like they, they take the punishment and they really get right back up and it's not a big problem for them. So I think that's more of a modern day yeah. quarterback thing that we're moving into more and more, which is uh, they're, they're more used to taking a big hit and it not affecting them throughout the game. Yeah, the butts. The, the dumpers. dumpers. Yeah, Protect- we, we got some big guys here. Uh, yeah, not, exactly. Maybe Even not height, they but they, uh, no. they got some thick, thick bodies to them. Thick haunches, yes, as, you, as a word. There we go. There, but speaking of haunches, they run. It's like a lot of chicken with your head cut off. I felt like, and I was with you. Or I came away actually like impressed with the individual athletes. Like, damn, these guys can run pretty well. Everybody's got a pretty good arm. Uh, exactly what you said. Wow, they're really tough. And then immediately, like, you're almost none of them are going to be able to like get away with this at the NFL level. And what's happening right now is. As I've noticed doing these episodes over the last few years, it's, I feel like it's getting harder to analyze quarterbacks in the draft, even though I didn't really do it you know, semi-seriously until the past few years anyways. But number one is the spread offense thing, where they're all running four freaking plays. It's not just the fact that they're not calling plays in the huddle. It's that they just don't have to make a ton of reads, and there's so many screens that it's hard to tell like 
how are they going to be? I don't know the guy. Like, how is he going to be able to adjust in the NFL when you can't get away with as much of that? And then the second thing was what I was saying before, where it's like they're leaning so much on athleticism and extending plays and then throwing to guys who are already open where it's tough for me to tell, like, who's going to have anticipation. Like Mac Jones and Joe Burrow were these rare examples where you could see it in college. And then guys like Zach Wilson or Kyler Murray, their arm talent and scrambling talent was so phenomenal that you're like, well, that that's already a ton to work off of. Yeah, uh, totally. I think it's just the transformation that is happening with these quarterbacks. It is getting harder and harder to um, evaluate them. It's more like, okay, which boxes do they check? Do they have the arm power? Can they check that one? Can they move with their feet? How are they processing it? But now we're we're going more to um, besides Desmond Ritter. I would say the the other ones move around, make things happen, and um, it, it's going to be a big thing of where they go to. I think the development is yes. so much more important now. They can have all the tools, like all the quarterbacks. They can all make a lot of them can make the throws. But it's how do they handle the tutoring that they get in those first couple years? And then it really comes down to – because none of them really can process an NFL offense besides like Burrow and Mac Jones. They were already in it before when they came into it. Most of them were dealing with the spread thing where it's get the ball out but and let the playmakers run with it. Right. And if you have the the, the spread thing – I just need some other, I don't want to say transcendent, but like elite qualities to be able to feel very comfortable in these evaluations where, like I was saying with, with Zach Wilson, the throwing is so phenomenal. Uh, and even with Justin Fields and, and Trevor Lawrence, who's, who's throwing has question marks, which is weird. You know, people, I guess the other thing about this process is famous quarterbacks. People just can't get it through their head. If you are a famous quarterback, which is Ohio State, USC, Alabama, and you had a good season as a freshman – you can't tell anybody anything except for they're the next guy. It makes sense in regular businesses. Oh my gosh, if this kid's doing this at 18, imagine what he'll be at at 22. But it's not like it's not always the case, right? That's why people couldn't see Josh Allen refuse to see. Actually, I say like angrily refuse to see it, which is wild. And then with with Justin Fields and Trevor Lawrence, I feel like when you watch those guys, oh, their size and speed and poise. They're NFL first-round quarterbacks for sure, but also their throwing is a little wonky. They have hitchy motions. When let's look at the best quarterbacks: Brady, Rodgers, Ben, Allen, Mahomes. All of them have smooth throwing motions. So you can't tell me when you watch Justin Fields and Trevor Lawrence that they have extremely smooth throwing motions. That we should just overlook that. So I guess, Dad, before I let you cue up the actual list here. That's the big thing and why I love this quarterback study is because so many people are tainted by just the fame of the player. Totally agree. And like early yeah, success. Absolutely. I mean, Trevor yeah. Lawrence should have three Super Bowls with how much hype he had with this three right. years. Like <laughs> it's just it's like you said, yeah, you have that one good year and that kind of will lead you until you get to the NFL, but you still have to do it in the NFL. Through yeah. that. All right, I do have my own opinion about who should be added to this list. I'm sure he would be rated further than last place on your guys' list, so we'll wait We'll wait on him. Uh, but I think you both agree with the bottom of this list that begin, begins with Desmond Ritter from Cincinnati. Yes, Desmond Ritter. So here's my pitch on Desmond Ritter, David. Second sexiest quarterback in the class. 
And I mean that in the fact of like in his pads. Like he's the yeah. only one who I look at on the field. I'm like, ah, quarterback. What is he like? Six three, six four, like two fifteen. Looks apart. He's very smooth. He has a lizard-like appearance. Not in his face, but in his pads where he kind of slides around the pocket. All these guys kind of do that. And I feel like the thing with Desmond Ritter is good arm, good mobility, four-year starter, like 90% win percentage. You know, I hate quarterback wins more than any other stat ever. It's absurd um, to put too much emphasis on that. You got to watch how the guy plays, right? But four years and that type of percentage, that that's a pretty nice sample size. Good leader, experienced but then that's the negative to me is the two big negatives are like, number one, I watched him first because I was really curious about him. His hype's been going up in the past week. When I watched everybody else, I just thought every other quarterback is so much more sudden than Desmond Ritter. The throwing motion, it's good, but it's, it's a little elongated. There's not a ton of zip on the ball. I know that he, you know, I've watched some clips from our buddy Derek on Twitter and stuff like that where he does some more processing than the other guys. But then again, with he and Pickett, like I would expect that with their time spent in college, but everything with him is just a little bit slow. The way the ball gets there, and then of course he, everybody knows the guy has ac- accuracy is- accuracy issues where he just misses the target a lot. Although I don't think those are irredeemable because his arm is good. It's mostly like a feet thing. So as like you can fix accuracy, you can even add some throw power to people. You just can't fix Blake Bortles or Tim Tebow, like guys who can't throw. So. With the accuracy thing with him, it's alarming, but I think it could get a little better. What was your overall thought on Ritter? Yeah, I agree with you. I mean, as far as standing in the pocket, he's the prototypical ones that we look for. 6'4", stands up tall, looks like your uh, typical quarterback. Um, I thought he was I, – I think he is elongated. He kind of drops his the ball and then brings it back up when, it, when he yeah. – uh, Let's go. That is, I think, a big of an issue. Um, I think out of all the ones we're going to talk to, I would say the least athletic. Though he can move, he can move around, but he, I think he's the right. least athletic out of all of them. Uh, yeah. And the other thing you you touched on his accuracy issues. The accuracy issues are because his footwork is abysmal. It's he doesn't step into throws. He misses high. He misses yes. low. It's just not. Um, it's not very crisp, like you said, and I, I would agree as for a general rule of thumb, it's kind of just a little bit slower than everyone else, and I don't know how well that will translate to the NFL if he can get it to get the footwork down. I mean, obviously, you can work on that. Um, right. We'll see. It also makes I me can... worry. I think Sims touched on it. Uh, his One of his wide receivers – was very, very good, and he didn't really take advantage of that. So if that's part of the processing thing, that I mean, you gotta you got to figure out a matchup and take advantage of it throughout the game. Yeah, so let's talk. What, what is that guy's Alec name? Pierce. Alex something? Yeah, dude, Alec Pierce. He's a beast. We should talk. He is fantastic. I think Chris Sims compared him to Jordy Nelson, and Sims is good about not just comparing white guys to white guys. So like, he, he brought up the Andy Isabella, and people are like, it's the next Julian Edelman. It's like, well, this guy runs a 4-3. Julian Completely was good players. at everything else. Yeah. They're, they're, they don't have anything in common except for this one thing. <laughs> so, but he's not being lazy there. He's like the 6-3 big receiver who goes vertical, Strides. which Jordy was so good at. Uh, and they're both great at high pointing and back shouldering, so that was cool. Okay, so closing thoughts on Desmond Ritter, because I think in the past we've had the tendency to sit on all these players, you know, do 20 minutes in each player, and I think we sort of covered it. 
there is something really attractive to him, but I like what you said about the, the footwork. I have it written down here. He's a guy who throws way too much off of his back foot for a guy who can't make bat foot throws. It, he just can't do it. And the other thing is his throws to the flat scare mm. me. I mean, he just – he misses – he's one of those guys who, like – I always say this is – as I got older, I realized a tremendously underrated part about Tom Brady and Drew Brees' game just because, you know, especially just being frustrated about the lack of credit Ben would get. And you'd watch these guys. He'd be like, okay, but they're great at this, but they're help- – and, and you realize the swing pass and the screen is an art. And I mean, like, not the – running back screen more of the receiver screen where like you have to put the ball on such a trajectory and a perfect spiral with the perfect speed and pacing where that the guy can just catch it and go and brady and breeze and you know rogers every time even mahomes like it doesn't go like that all the time mahomes ben uh allen but they're very natural with those swing passes and i think where the bigger quarterbacks get in trouble is like you try to aim it a little bit because you're so close and it's like a different throwing motion and this it, Ritter, it was awkward on a lot of those swing passes. He threw a lot of dangerous passes into the flat, too. A couple that almost got pick six, and the guys just dropped it in their hands. So I just think you, you got to be able to put, put all that together. You got to be able to put touch on those, and I don't think he has that touch. And it's kind of his throwing yes. motion. It's kind of how he moves in the pocket. But like uh, I know you said wide receiver, but even just like if you have a if you have six or seven blitzing at you and you get that little flip over to the running back in the in the flat i mean that's a 10 to 20 yard gain sometimes and it, it like i mean james yeah. white has made a living off of that and if you can get it, it it there's a big difference between leading that guy perfectly and dropping it into a bucket and letting him run rather than him yeah. having to turn his body around or like change how his feet are going cuz then that just allows the defender to catch up to him so it, it, it may seem like a small part of uh, like the game. Like you don't think of a little flip over the defenseman, mm-hmm. but if you can make it, I mean, if you, if you can't make it that, that really kind of, you're already starting at a pretty low point. It just shows me that you're not like a supernatural yeah. thrower, which is the thing I'm most interested yeah. in, in quarterback prospects. And I think just to wrap it up here, let me know if you have anything else, but before I move to the next guy, but, he sort of seems to me that's a guy that's like a great big athlete who's got a spectacular voice. He is best voice, best voice of any of the of the quarterbacks. Let's say that. He's always got some, you know, something going on in there. It's cool. You know, people are going to follow that. But he's a big guy. He's a good athlete. He's a smart guy. And then he played four years. So And to not fix some of those nuances in four years, like, eh, that's kind of a little bit of a red flag. Kenny Pickett's sort of the same way. But I just think everything's a little bit labored for him, and that just feels like you're, you're asking for a lot to improve off of a guy who's, who's played a lot already. So to me, I don't know if I'm putting my name out there if it makes me scared. I'm like, he seems like a good backup quarterback, but like, I, it, just, it wasn't explosive enough for me. So that's my thoughts generally on Desmond Ritter, our fifth-rated quarterback for the draft. Let's move up one rung to the fourth-rated quarterback, and I think there might be a little bit of controversy about the rating of this guy. This is Sam Howell from UNC, 6'1", 218 pounds. Okay, David, so here's the question. This is on our pregame show when we, we talked about this. I, I had a really tough time. I'm sorry, first off, to my Aunt Jane, if she's listening to this. Dad's sister, she loves Kenny Pickett. We love Kenny Pickett, too. He's awesome. We're just analyzing. We're just looking at this. If Kenny Pickett comes to the Steelers, he'll be the best quarterback in history. You know, it's all about 
your situation. But if he's not on the Steelers, we gotta we gotta judge him this way. I had a really tough time choosing between Howell and Pickett at this spot because I thought that Howell again was just so much more sudden and urgent in his throwing and 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 in his like just the zip on the ball in general. Um, what, so what do you think about Sam Howell in general, and why is he at this spot? And I guess let's do some goods with the bads, too. Yeah. Um, what makes him better than Ritter, and what makes him not at the top level? He can use his legs a lot more. Uh, he's a thick boy. He almost runs like a like a fullback, kind of. I mean, he's, yeah, he's not scared to take a bunch of hits, so he, he, he's good in that sense. Um, he is a smaller guy, so he, he's different than Ritter in that category. Uh, I think he has a little... I don't, his throwing motion is a little unorthodox to me. Um, I'm sure it's something that he can improve on. And then I think here's a, a little bookmark on that. Our buddy, Derek, the kid again, he's doing awesome work on Twitter. A Steelers guy. He pointed out that Sam Howell is addicted to patting the ball. Oh yeah. Patting the ball. And, and then so when it, when, he, yeah. uh, he'll throw off his back foot a lot and kind of same for Ritter. Can't do it. He can't afford to throw off his back foot as much as he does. Right. And that's good. And yeah. the NFL, that's gonna you're gonna get they're gonna make you pay for that over and over again. So I, I saw that. Unfortunately to me, Sam Howell in two to three years screams like a great backup quarterback. Yeah, if he could be like a case king. That's what I see. I just don't see long time ten year starter with Sam Howell. And why don't you see that from from him? Like in a nutshell. Because to me it's like if you're gonna be short. We're, we're finding out that they're having trouble. Like, that's not gone. It's just you can have a short quarterback now when it used to be like you literally can't have one. But we've only had two successful ones, and it's freaking Breeze and Wilson because jury's still out on Kyler Murray. I mean, obviously he's super talented. But, yeah, to me it's like if you're going to be short, you need something else. His arm is good. I actually – I really like I, – I almost thought that people were underrating his arm. It's not Baker Mayfield good, though. Baker's got a cannon. And Baker's another one, though. When you're those short guys and you don't have the Kyler Murray flick thing, you got to get your body into it. So it's not quite as strong as Baker Mayfield's. As a runner, it terrifies me because I'm with you. Like, he runs like a fullback. Like, he thinks he can truck people, and then he actually does. And here's the thing that, that messed me up about him is, did he run 30 times against Notre Dame? I don't know if you watched the it, Notre Dame one, but he was doing fine. Yeah. You're put. You're trucking Notre Dame guys. You're carrying them. It's like, well, if you can, ca- and that's where the dumper comes in, man. I mean, the guy's got a big butt. That thing's got power behind it, and I'm like, well, I guess you can. You'll you'll be okay from a durability standpoint. But you, he's not fast or quick enough to make room with that. And I just, I know he played in a really dumb offense in at UNC, but like, he's a guy who just relies too much on freelancing and doesn't have elite running and doesn't have elite throwing, but I think obviously he's a good leader. Oh, look at this, another four-year starter or another guy like started as a freshman and you get it in your head that he's going to be the guy. But yeah, I was impressed definitively. Yeah, he reminds me of like a Case Keenum, who is like a, I would rather have Sam Howell than Mitch Trubisky. That's for sure. Like, I'm not saying I want them to draft him. I do not want them to draft him. I'll be pissed. But at least he's a natural thrower and he pushes the ball down the field and he's a good leader and he's durable and everything like that. But there's just not enough elite qualities for a guy who plays Sandlot like that. Yeah, me. I agree. I think uh, he he, de- he can put some zip on the ball, but there's just too many inaccuracy issues with him. Um, yeah, I just... His scrambling's pretty crazy. Like, yeah, I, think I wasn't he might lying. Have the most he runs like a fullback. Of all of the... I mean... In like... 
He's awesome at the little serpent. All these guys are good at this, but he had the most in the few games that I watched of like, did you just weave in between three or four guys? So that is where I think you and I agreed. We didn't talk at all this week about the quarterbacks. We talked right before this one. And it's like, I did find myself being impressed that these guys were able to do that. I just am positive that that won't translate. And then the last thing is like, look, we're talking about lazy comparisons. Here's one that's not lazy. The Baker Mayfield thing's weird, okay? They're the same guy. They're the same guy. Baker's a little douchier with the stronger arm. They look the same. Then Sam, Sam they, Howell? Sam yeah, Howell. I think Sam Howell can just run a little bit more a little bit more than Baker, but they're very similar. They're the same. Baker's got a strong. They got the same stupid beard. <laughs> they got the flak jacket, the little Pillsbury throw boy thing going on. It's That's a red flag, okay? And not even because Baker Mayfield's bags. Baker Mayfield's talented, and people were laughing about the rumors of him going to the Steelers, and I was like, am I the only one who was like, I mean, I'd rush, much rather have them than Mr. Trubisky. <laughs> but it's just weird from a I don't trust you standpoint. Like, are you Baker Mayfield? Because I, I, if you are, you're already on a team, dude. I, I think we've answered our question here. I mean, the two names that we've thrown out are Case Keenum and Baker Mayfield. Yeah, I mean, yeah. if you if you want them there to go, go, that's it. Yeah. What are you going to do? All right. The player that uh, Aunt Jane has been waiting for. <sighs> Kenny Pickett from Pitt, 6'3", 217. He went to Pitt. First thing, David, before I toss it to you, does Pitt have the sickest uniforms in all of sports? Uh, the blue-yellow ones. Oh, Yeah. They're we've been filthy. we've been praising the Chargers. And you're like, well, it's Pitt's own fault for going away from them for a decade or so. But those blue-yellows, they're so yeah, glorious. They're I, I, have the swe- I have my dad's Pitt sweatshirt in, in the in the closet right now. It's one of my workout sweatshirts. It is yellow with the blue. It, it's phenomenal. Yeah. No, those colors are outstanding. Spectacular. Yep. What did you think about Kenny Pickett? I mean, he, people have talked so much about him that it's it's hard not to have a pre-formed uh, opinion of the guy. But what did you think when you actually watched a few games? I thought Kenny is um, Kenny is what he is. He, he's he's yeah. not going to <laughs> improve that much more. He just doesn't have that uh, the high ceiling, and you, you can see it. It's with his arm. But he's fun to watch. He can still he makes plays with his legs too. It's kind of a common theme with all these guys. They can all do it. It's not their best thing, but they can still keep you in athletically, which is kind of the new age NFL. Um, his accuracy is his best quality. He he can definitely throw. Yeah, he's a natural. He's a natural thrower. thrower. When you wear two gloves i get concerned <laughs> uh but he has i think out of everyone he has good subtle movement in the pocket and awareness um as far as not wanting to take two reads and then directly run if he's running he still have his has his head up looking downfield trying to make a throw yeah which i think is a little bit different than some of them um we'll get to the other two but i thought that was a little bit more encouraging where he is still kind of more like Sam Crowell, we're talking about running like a fullback. Kenny Pickett's not doing that. He's looking Sam up downfield yeah. and trying to make a make a play to one of his, his uh, receivers. Right. Yeah, it's the low ceiling thing for me. And it's like low ceiling always comes from arm, particularly, yeah. right? Like you can learn how to throw harder, but not that much harder. I actually thought of something with the gloves because the gloves always freaked me out too. I don't like it. But then I remember like, oh, damn, Kurt Warner wore the glove. And then you know who else wore a glove for the first few years of his career is Ben. When it got cold, but that's because Ben, we always talk about it. He's like, he's like this crazy 
like a little bit of a head case as a quarterback in terms of like he was very hot and cold. Like if he got cold, it was surprising. Like he'd have a worse day than you'd see Tom or Aaron have. But when he got hot, he was literally on. He'd throw six touchdowns back to back games. He'd go nuclear in these pinpoint throws downfield. So the glove thing to me was almost more of a mental. Like oh, I worked in Pittsburgh, I wore it a few times, and then eventually he he stopped wearing it. And sometimes you'll see him bust it out, and sometimes you don't. But uh, obviously a much stronger man. So I guess there has been a little bit more success with the glove than what I thought, but it is a little weird. Yeah, Kenny Pickett, again, for a guy who's like 29 years old and has been playing in college for a decade, to bail on so many reads when you don't have a great arm and your legs are like, I guess all these quarterbacks are like Ryan Tannehill scramblers. Mm-hmm. And, and Ryan may be faster than these guys too, but like Alex Smith, these functional scramblers, like, but you're not Lamar, you're not Kyler. And uh, and Malik Willis isn't that either. He's a different kind. But um, yeah, it alarms me. You, would, you, would, you wish you saw more Joe Burrow and Mac Jones from Kenny Pickett with the reads and standing in the pocket and taking hits while he hits people at 20-yard dig routes and those kind of things you saw from those players, which, damn, it's so rare. It's really crazy that those two guys came out Back to back. Not that I'm saying Mac is, you know, all respect to Mac. Not that I'm saying he's Joe Burrow, but it's weird that there was two quarterbacks who had that specific type of skill set. Just like it's a little weird that Allen and, and Mahomes came out at similar times. Like, well, the two best arms we've we've seen. So you just wish that Kenny Pickett had more of that cerebral nature, especially given how old he is. Um, but he bails the pocket a lot too. And an announcer pointed out something. When he runs to the right, he runs to keep his eyes up to throw, like you're saying. When he runs to the left, he's almost always just he's gonna run. He's gonna Can't run. Make that throw because it's gonna pop out of his little T-Rex hand. <laughs> you guys heard McAfee talk about the hypothetical meeting between the Panthers and uh, and Kenny Pickett when those pictures of the Panthers measuring his hands. He goes like this. <clears throat> Here's the Panthers GM. This is McAfee's bit, so you should just YouTube this. But he goes, hi. Come here, boy. Get over here, boy. Just put your hand on that pig skin. Let me see that. All right, boy. Good. Hey, basically, just call him yeah. boy a lot. Man. It's like, let me see that hand on that pig skin. Let me see that person. Ha! All right. And But I really do. I need to see the hand on the pig skin. So I like Kenny. The only reason why I'll be pumped if we drafted him is the pit thing. And that's sort of fun. Um, and maybe you could win the Super Bowl with Kenny Pickett if you had a Jimmy G or Carson or um, Jared Goff type of run. Like, he might be a little better than those guys because I like his aggression more than those two quarterbacks. But, oh, my gosh, things would have to go so right. But I guess I'm just telling you that's the story I would tell myself if they do end up drafting Kenny Pickett. It's like, okay, they're going all in to win the Super Bowl within the next five years while he's on his rookie contract. We're going to spend $40 million over the cap like the Saints. We're going to still have Cam Hayward try and win the Super Bowl with him and, and all these guys in their prime. So, that's the positive I would say. That's probably what I would think if they do draft Kenny Pickett. It's like he's going to be like a five-year quarterback and then, you know, go. So, yeah. He's cool, though. Great flow. Great flow. Yeah. Great lettuce. My, my, big, my biggest negative on him is he gets a little panicky when uh, yeah. they start sending some blitz at him. And um... You're 40, dude. <laughs> These are kids. Just chill out. Yeah. Well, moving up to the second rung of the ladder is Matt Corral of Ole Miss, 6'2", 212 pounds. Again, so Malik's number one for our list today. 
do you, any Steelers fans out there, you think we would do you wrong? Of course Malik's going to be number one. That's our guy. Malik Tomlin, basically. I couldn't choose between Matt Corral and Malik Willis at number one because first off, both of those guys have the best arms of the group and are the most natural, quick-release throwers. So I have – but there were some incredible things with Matt Corral. What is your – first impression of the guy besides how attractive he is he's he's great looking quarterback you can't have i had nightmares of carson wentz coming to the steelers dude you should he doesn't you should that's not a quarterback okay he's the sam cassell of quarterbacks but he can't play is that the guy the basketball player the alien this guy corral this looks like a quarterback all right what do you think in general about him i think he is the out of all of them the dude i would want leading a team i think he's got use pfts where he's got that moxie uh he's a moxie <laughs> yeah. quarterback i think i thought you were gonna use billy's yeah. <laughs> uh, term <which> <laughs> i saw um i watched a couple old miss games just because i like i'm i like lane kiffin and lane kiffin just throws the ball constantly yeah. and every score is every score is like 55 to 54 um so i did watch a bunch of their games they were always in close games and it was always kind of the other team yeah. would go down the field score. Ole Miss has to do the yep. same. So it was a bunch of offense, and it kind of highlighted Matt Corral's best things. And he will get the ball out quick. He's got the quickest release, I think, out of, every, out of this entire class. It The ball, it's a flick. It comes out real yeah. quick. Uh, he's got a good deep ball, puts good touch on it. I just, I just think he's a gamer out of all of them. I think he's the biggest gamer and another tough, similar to Sam Howe. And he is not built like Sam Howe. He takes no. hits just as much and runs the same way. Kind of, kind of blows my mind how he throws his body around. I was surprised about his height. I thought he was shorter. Yeah. He just looks shorter to me on the field, but yeah. doesn't really play like it, which is uh, impressive. He, this, these top two guys are really the only two guys in this class that have some elite categories, mm-hmm. and maybe that's where you change your mind about the class because, like with. With Matt Corral, I don't think this is hyperbolic. I'm going to give an asterisk to this comparison. He is, bar none, the most accurate quarterback I've seen on slants and little RPO throws since Drew Brees is the only other guy I could think of. Now, he doesn't have nearly Drew Brees' well-rounded game that Drew Brees had at Purdue where he's already reading defenses. He drew attack downfield. He was so much more of a sophisticated quarterback. So I'm definitely not saying that Matt Corral's Drew Brees, but the level of accuracy, it was disturbing. It made me uncomfortable. Again, what this is, this this can't be real. Can you just see him this hitting rigged. slants to Deontay? Just over boom, and over. boom, boom. Yeah, exactly. And Chase, well, that's what Matt Canada wants to run. That's all we do. And Ben was like, what the hell is an RPO? All right, let me see how I do this thing. Ben. Like, Ben, you have no idea what you're doing. Let me do it. I'll do your stupid ass offense, whatever. Let the boy throw deep, Canada. I don't want to say all these stupid. Ben's like, well, I'm feeling a little old. I just want to take a two-step drop. Hey, listen, boy. I mean, sir. Canada would have to call him sir. Tomlin could say boy if he wanted him. You need to throw the ball deep. Right. Slang it. But back to Matt Corral. Anyways, the the accuracy and the decision making on the RPOs is incredible. So that's what makes it so tough to look at these damn quarterbacks as all the RPOs. Yeah. 
but his is going to translate day one to the NFL. He's fantastic at that, and he fires the ball with such zip, perfect spiral every time, always like through the outstretched hands of the DN or the middle linebacker who's jumping up. He just has a knack for hitting those passes. And then as far as the scrambling, is he the best scrambler of the bunch? He just he's he reminds me he has a lot of Zach Wilson in him, except Zach Wilson has that glorious flick crazy. and the arm is oh, so flexible and he's a back foot yeah. guy and the the throwing's just gorgeous from Zach. Where it's not like that with Corral, but it's it's excellent and it's the thing where like they're both six two, but they look a little frail. And that to me, that's probably the number one worry about him because I think what other people are gonna say is like and you look at Dan Orlovsky's had great breakdowns of these quarterbacks on Twitter. Like, none of these quarterbacks have read a play in, in their entire life. And that's the problem with him, too. He reads the RPO, but he definitely doesn't read the field. He definitely bails too quickly. But he has that Zach Wilson thing where it's like, I called everybody else Ryan Tannehill as a runner, which is great. But Zach and this guy, like, oh, man, if the Red Seas part and they step up in that pocket, they can zip downfield in a, in a hurry. And so... Do you think he's the best scrambler of the group? I think him and Malik are pretty close. I think Malik has a little more wiggle to him. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think definitely. he can make someone miss a little bit more in the open field. But uh, speed, wise I don't know. I don't know if some of them didn't even run. I don't know Malik didn't run the 40. I don't know if uh, Matt Corral did. Should tell you a lot, by the way. True. I think that did tell you. You're not Lamar. No, I think that did tell you something. Right. He didn't want to see that number. Um, yeah, exactly. I think that Corral's – I think, and again, I think Sim might, said this, but like straight yeah, line. Yeah, yeah. He has so many. It actually reminded me of when Justin Herbert played the Steelers mm -hmm. this year, and he just crucified the Steelers in the fourth quarter on those runs mm -hmm. when they were playing man, which was cool. It was like, hey, we, we played man for the second time in 10 years. But then those plays when the defense turns their back and now the modern quarterback's like, oh, I'm just going to go. And like, 20, oh, 30 man, yards. he eats up ground so yeah. quickly. Yeah. yeah, so that was awesome. His feet are incredible in the pocket. His release and his zip are excellent. Now, you you need to send me the clips you found of him throwing downfield because I would say the only things that concern me are uh, his his frame. I know people have said he's bigger in person. And I do trust that because they were people who were scouts like where we were. Like, ah, he looks small. And then you see him like, oh, okay, I feel a little bit better about this guy. But it is a little concerning, especially in Pittsburgh. You, they love the big guys. Um, and I just didn't see him attack downfield enough. And I know that that's partially their offense, but that's like the number one of the number one things I want to see from a quarterback is deep digs and posts and go routes. And I just didn't see enough from that from him. But like I said, to draft a quarterback in the first round, I need something elite. And that quickness mixed with the incredible accuracy and decision making on the RPO and short stuff is, is elite to me. But you got to send me some of the deep stuff. I, I saw some good deep passes, but maybe I'm just so used to Roethlisberger and Brady. Watch the uh, watch the Ole Miss Arkansas game. Not even yeah. to watch him, just watch that. It was like the craziest college football game ever. I think the score yeah. was like <laughs> 63 to 57. They just kept going back and forth, but he hit a couple. Um, he, he hit a couple deep uh, plays there. I guess the last thing I'll say to close uh, with him, unless you have anything else, is. I guess he doesn't read the field that much, you know, especially coming from that offense. Yeah. And the only way to tell that is like, I need to watch some interviews of him at least to figure like I don't really know what his personality is so much. Have you heard anything about that? I think he's a, I think he's a fiery guy. 
I think he's a pretty. I know he punched somebody in the face one time. Like I said, he's a fiery guy. All right. Sometimes <laughs> things happen. He's got arm tattoos. Yeah. All right. So that might be not. <laughs> <laughs> you need the calm guys. You want the calm guys. So I really would wonder about that. Although Pittsburgh would immediately love him for punching a guy in the face. That yeah. Way. Honestly, uh, I don't Dad, know. Were you trying to weigh in? Dad's like, yep, yeah. yep, put him in. No, I think well, I guess the, the least best kept secret for our number one choice is Malik Willis of Liberty, six foot uh, and a half inch. You, you know, guys, just as an aside, I did go back and look at the quarterbacks from last year. This is a shrimpy bunch of quarterbacks compared to at least last year. And yeah. even taking Trevor Lawrence out of, you know, screwing up the average, they were totally. still almost all over six three. Yes, that was the that was the issue with last year's quarterbacks class where I was in love with Zach Wilson and I thought you had the other three guys who were the identical prospect, Lance Fields and and uh uh what's his name? Lawrence. They're massive. They're godlike athletes. And that alone is a legit reason to put you in the first round. All three of them have throwing inconsistencies and kind of goofy releases. So that was that 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 class. And then there was Mac chilling on the side, getting disrespected the entire time, and would be playing in the Super Bowl for the 49ers <laughs> this year if uh, Shanahan didn't let people get talked out of it. But now he's going to be throwing to Devontae Parker. So let me ask you, why Malik over Corral? And, how, like, what was your feeling after finally watching this super hyped-up guy? So I honestly don't know if it is Malik ahead of Corral. Um I think they're very – it, it may be a 1A, 1B kind of scenario, and that's just what it might be. It, um, I think with Malik, I think he's got obviously the biggest arm in, in the entire draft. It's a cannon. Uh, it's yeah. effortlessly. But, Effortless is a big uh, word. Yeah. Terrible words. Yeah. Uh, no, no, I'm, no, I agree. I'm like, he's an easy, easy thrower, thrower with a yeah. gun. Which is kind of why you put him at number one a little bit. I think bit. he's also a hard scout because their offensive line was atrocious. And so they were bad. so bad, and he got destroyed. Like, I, wa- I watched the Ole Miss-Liberty game. Ole Miss is not a good yes. defense. They ran o- they ran over him, and there he was throwing with people the entire time in his face. Um, he does take off after one or two reads. I also, again, yeah. I, that's a similar thing to most of these people. Uh, yes, the, that's the theme this yeah, year. Abs- yeah, absolutely. Um, the two negatives, I thought, and it's honestly like his positive becoming a negative with some of these guys with the big arm, I, a la jo- Josh Allen. They miss high. When they have it, they yeah. miss high and they miss high often. Uh, Josh Allen was able to get that down, and now he's a very, very accurate thrower. If you can find a way to get it down, awesome, because then you're, you're – leading with the power and you're using the accuracy and the touch now and you're all putting it together yep. and that's awesome. You have a stud as far as Josh Allen goes. And then um, the other thing when you have a big arm, you trust your arm too much and you think that yeah. you can't – I mean, yes, you can make every throw. Should you make every throw? No, and that's what you have to learn and which ones not to make and which ones to make. And I think the throw – that accuracy thing, I wouldn't be that worried – just like Josh Allen, because the throwing, the arm and the legs are so natural. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, this guy can throw. He's na- he naturally, he's probably good at baseball. He's it's it's a it's not the flick thing of of you know Murray and Rogers and Wilson and, and Allen the, himself, but it's such an easy throwing motion. It's Ben Brady that kind, those kind of guys, um, and that's where I think that can get fixed because you definitely can tweak that kind of stuff. Now, what do you think about the scrambling? 
I, th- I mean, as, are you saying it's not as good as advertised? I'm saying it's really good, but I. He's not as fast just, as people. Worry about his size. He's not. As, yeah, he's not. He's not super fast. He's, not he's as an fast awesome as people runner, think though. that he is. Yeah, no. he is an awesome runner. He can make people miss. He has a great juke. Yes. Uh, he's very. He's yep. very wiggly. He's a. He's a shiftier Russell Wilson, as far as like. Oh, that's a great. Yeah, that's yeah, a great. Russell. Comparison. Russell isn't going to make anyone miss. He can escape the pocket. He can get out. He can even put distance yeah. on like a defensive lineman or a linebacker in the open field. Malik can do all of those, but he can Wilson also shake a little bit. I was saying earlier, the only six feet quarterbacks to succeed are Breeze and Wilson. And like, damn, there's a lot of similarities, not in their college careers at all. Yeah. <laughs> Russell Wilson playing for two like premier programs, but yeah, if he could learn how to play like Russell Wilson, which I know is like he likes to throw bombs down the sideline. That's all Russell Wilson does. If he can do the Russell Wilson spin thing, you know, where he fades back, someone comes and he spins out to his opposite side and rolls out to the left and then throws bombs, like just do that every play. We're good with that. They want that in Pittsburgh. But, yes, I thought his scrambling was really good, but I just want to urge people to say it's not Lamar and Kyler or, or Allen. We've had three of the greatest scrambling quarterbacks. I mean, the position's changing, so we're going to continually get these guys. But we have three of the greatest scramblers ever come out, you know, in five years. So he's not their level, but he reminds me a little bit of, like, Trey Lance. Trey Lance probably has more speed. Uh, speed yeah, I agree. And he's, but he's bigger. So here's my thing with Malik. I would be excited if the Steelers' first-round pick is Malik or Corral. And I'll be excited if they traded up for one of those guys. Uh, as long as if, if they traded like a first and a third, you know, because when people are saying they traded two firsts, like, no, you didn't. You swapped firsts first off, and then you gave them another first. So it's not, you know, what we were using that pick anyways. Now it's higher. Um, so I like it. I'd be excited because of the number one thing that excites me about Malik is his throwing. It's it's not this. The running's like a plus. The number one thing that worries me, it's a tie, his height. Because like I said, over the past few years, with Baker and Kyler faltering especially, I've become a little bit more worried about the height thing. And the other thing that worries me is like, is he broken already because of that terrible offensive line and no competition? What I think this year is with quarterbacks is like, it's high school quarterbacks are now playing in college where you have these great athletes and some of them are true great throwers like Malik and Crowell. And they don't really learn how to play the position. They learn how to do RPOs like in, in Crowell's case. And then they learn how to like hit the first guy or buy time and hit another guy. And the act of staying in a pocket and navigating the pocket and shuffling around and being able to see over the line and have your arm come at such an angle where passes aren't going to get batted down. That's a whole nother damn game. And that's the thing that I wonder, like, because people are going to talk about the Liberty competition. I'm not so concerned with the competition because, like, otherwise you would have never had Ben or Allen or these guys, you know? I'm concerned that, like, is his playing style too wonky? What do you think? Is like, I mean, there's no way for us to know, but does that worry you? That Did he get ruined because of the crappy offensive line and having to be Superman every week? Yeah, I, like you said, like, it's hard to completely tell until he gets to the league. But um, I, I, I think getting hit that much can play that mentally. But I think, what like, what you're saying is totally true. One, you're dealing with – bigger players in the NFL and we're already talking about him missing high and we're talking now yeah. we're putting he's he's playing from a shorter level so he's six feet whatever we want to call it he's six feet uh if you're already missing high just sitting in the pocket if you're gonna miss high running around 
it's probably going to happen continuously. I do think that that is one thing though, that can be coached out with, uh, with the players like him, Josh Allen with that have these such, such big arms and they just kind of need to hear yeah. it the right way or be taught the right way. Like so, something that clicks for them where it's like, Hey, I do have this big arm. I don't need to throw a piss missile every single time right. I throw the ball. Like I can take a little bit off of it, still yes. put the good velocity on it, but it doesn't sail out of my hand when I throw it. But Liberty made him have that happen. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And also, like, why are you playing, like, Alabama and Ole Miss all the time? Your receivers are never open, which is what we saw with um, – I saw that a lot with Zach Wilson. I mean, he had better ones, but sometimes you see them, like, it's the slowest receiving core, the slowest bunch of Mor- – well, let me, let me rephrase that. The fastest Mormons, but the slowest receivers yeah. you can get. And same with Allen. Like, they're not open. Yeah. So this guy, in order to win games, he had to develop these weird little habits. So I do think he's that rare example, like – Trey Lance a little bit where it's like he he could sit like if he was on the Steelers I mean I don't know if you can sit him behind Trubisky for a full season people would erupt but I mean at least like six games or so and I wouldn't mind a full season honestly whereas I'm generally a fan of like no no they need to play right away because the only way they get better is by experiencing it you're just gonna have to take the lumps but yeah I guess just to sum it up with Malik Willis great arm I love the Russell Wilson comparison because he's thick. Like, his scrambling will translate. That's the good thing about him is that, like, yeah, he's not going to be the absolute dominant scrambler, but he could run for 100 yards in a game. He's going to be able to take the beating. You're going to be able to run RPO-type stuff with him, and it could be really effective. Now, can you develop that Russell Wilson killer deep ball and instinct of when to slide and, and not get hit and stuff like that. Cause that's what he should just be doing is watching Russell Wilson tape all along all day long. The last thing is that he's got to be one of those quarterbacks, Ian Crow. It matter what team are they going to? Yeah. And are the Steelers a team that can develop a quarterback? And one way I think absolutely not. Their offense has been completely abysmal revolving door of offensive coordinators for the past few years. Matt Canada hasn't done crap. But then you think of two other things, three things, really. It's the Steelers. It's one of the great franchises. That goes a long way. It's Mike Tomlin, one of the great coaches. That goes a long way. And the skill positions are pretty loaded in Pittsburgh. And by the time this quarterback is in his second year, the offensive line could be really good by that point, too. And you know you already got good receivers, good running back, and good tight end. So I I guess I would have to say, like, I think the Steelers – they're in better position now than maybe last year or whatever. They, they probably could develop a quarterback. What do you think? Are they a good spot for a quarterback, or does Canada worry you too much? No, I think they are a good spot, um, especially for one of the early ones. My my one question to you, should any of these quarterbacks be starting week one on a team? I guess it depends on who they go to. I mean, Kenny Pickett probably – well, you know what? I, th- I think I am kind of that guy who's like, yeah, screw it. Put him in. Malik is the one yeah, I, where I feel like it's a little that's weird. That's why I asked. I don't think any of them will do well. Yeah, yeah no. Yeah, that's why I asked because I, I agree. He might have – the funny thing is he probably has the most tools out of all of them, but he might be the one that I would want to sit the most to just get, like, experience with a clipboard. Yeah, it's really close between him and Corral. Yeah. So I guess that's, that's how I'll finish the quarterback episode. I'll be really pumped – if they get one of those two guys, you know, you say, like, oh, you should wait till Bryce Young or 
or Stroud or all these other guys. Like, but you're gonna. You could say that every year for the next. You could say that every year. Years. There's always gonna be a Detroit exactly. Lions and and these other teams that are gonna be way ahead yeah. of you. Like, you're not gonna have access to those guys. And I do like the fit of Malik and hearing that he's a really smart guy and he's uh, very coachable and stuff like that. And then obviously Tomlin loving him. That's cool. Guess who else Tomlin loved? He loved Mason Rudolph. Man, like we all knew the whole off season. He's he's grinning behind him in every workout. So take that with a grain of salt, but. I, I came away from it being impressed with just the game of college football and and the athleticism of these quarterbacks, but also thinking like, man, a lot of these guys don't know how to play quarterback. They know how to like play football. And then I'd be excited if they got Malik or Corral, and I'd be pretty pissed off if they took anybody else in the first round because I would sort of look at that as like, you just set the team back. In, in such a tremendous – I don't even want to say like three or four years because like, well, you know that you don't just have to restart the quarterback. Like Cam's gone. Like TJ's old now. So I'm like, <laughs> I, I don't know how much I love that. But then, hey, maybe getting Kenny Pickett is like the equivalent of getting uh, Kirk. Nah, uh, that's not, no, that's, no, don't. Kirk's actually pretty you, good. You stopped yourself before you even said it. <laughs> and actually, you know what? I did stop. If they don't get them that, the, the quarterback, if it doesn't fall for them this year, I would prefer that they yeah. wait and try to get Kirk next year. And that would be my preferred method of, like, let's try and win the Super Bowl with a, a killer team. Although, damn it, he's expensive. Yeah. No, this is for another episode. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Look, the quarterback episode is not done until I say it's done because I want to talk about my sentimental favorite. Hell yeah. Dustin Crum of Kent, the Kent State Flashes, 6'1", 210. Flashes probably doesn't accurately describe him. Um and he's a fan favorite because I went to Kent State in my freshman year. And the Golden Flashes went 1-10. and 10. And when I tell you the quarterback stats was a guy who threw six touchdowns and 17 interceptions. And he had the best ratio of any quarterback oh, until yeah. 1987. So as I have read about Dustin Crum, the best that they have said about him is his sluggish release is backed up by a lack of zip. <laughs> <laughs> All right, listen. That's what they said about Julian Edelman, too. Yeah, see where Look that what got, him yeah. At Kent State. Hey, but before we before we leave that, so we have had, we've picked up five player, five draftees from Kent State since 1960. The last one being? James Harrison. No, no, no. Uh, a linebacker. No, no. Dree, Dree Archer. Archer. Dree Archer. I got it, I got it, I got it. You heard me. No, Harrison we picked up later. We didn't no, draft him. No, I said Dree him, Archer. But... I said Dree Archer at the same time you did. He was terrible. He didn't do anything. Uh, Jack but Lambert. But you know who wasn't? Ter- okay, Jack exactly. Lambert. Uh, 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 a mean James Harrison. Julian Edelman. I mean, this is uh, – what more do you want? This is- if it's a golden flash, you can count on him. Josh Cribbs? Am I right? I was just talking about so. guys from Kent State that the Steelers drafted. They moved on from Kent State to Toledo, so we can now move on to our <laughs> sponsors. Athletic Greens. Tons of people take a multivitamin. Not me. I just take a bunch of powder and I put it into a drink. And I drink it up and I get 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole foods, superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to the heart. Helps start my day right. If you can tell, I just took a large scoop of athletic greens and I just got way too psyched up when I tried to read as an adult who speaks on a microphone here. And the reason why I got so excited is just because this special blend of ingredients – supports my gut health, my nervous system, my immune system, my energy, clearly, recovery, focus, well, nothing really helps that, and aging. 
It's lifestyle friendly, adapts to a wide range of diets. No sugar. It's just three bucks a day as well. No GMOs, none of that crap. It's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition, especially since there's like some crazy flu out there, man. Uh, it's just one scoop and a cup of water every day. That's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash sports drink. Again, that's athleticgreens.com slash sports drink to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. ColorCast, free, live. Audio only, sports, talk, arguments, debates, post-game breakdowns, breaking news, reactions, platform. It's free to download and easy to use. ColorCast, everybody. You can talk to fans, athletes, insiders, podcasters, and everybody in real time. You can share your own experiences on the app with like-minded people and form a fun little community. And if by little, I mean massive across the globe. All you have to do is download the ColorCast app for free. In the iOS app store, create a profile, link your Twitter, and join the group. Hey, we're going long, but we cannot leave this podcast without talking about this last story. And David, it's right in our David and my backyard. Yeah, the hits keep coming from the Washington for the Washington Commanders. As you probably know, the team is being investigated for allegedly creating a hostile workplace and culture. The uh, latest allegation is that the Commanders allegedly withheld ticket revenue from the nfl so i think the way it works is 40 percent of your ticket revenue for home games goes to a league-wide pool that's split among the other teams um just as a little bit of information washington had i think the lowest attendance in 2021 you don't say and the high and it had the highest attend if you're looking at they, they split the attendance down between home and away games washington and detroit had the highest percentage of attendees at its away games compared to its Sixty uh, percent of its attendees were brought in at away games, so they just kept getting hit on the chin. I mean, Dan Snyder was suspended. His wife theoretically has been CEO. Uh, Anheuser Busch recently cut ties. It's its fourth largest sponsor, cutting four million dollars a year away from the revenue. So, the team denies the allegations. It does look like uh, th- this is kind of a. This might be a stretch. It, it sounds like this is a leak from a former, perhaps disgruntled employee with an axe to grind so this has not been proven it's just another allegation they don't need heaped on top of some other bad news created like self-inflicted wounds normally we'd say just move on because they just they're invincible dan snyder is invincible but apparently pro football talk and florio and other people are saying like look like congress is getting involved this may finally be the straw that breaks the camel's back and gets washington which is an incredible football town People people will not care at all about the Nationals and the Caps. The Caps got huge, David, when we were in high school. That's when they got Ovechkin. And, you know, they were given the honor of playing against Sidney Crosby in event, you know, every year in the playoffs. They did well once or twice. But uh, they will drop the Caps like a hot piece of poop coming from the FedEx field pipe bursting on Jalen Hurts if the Washington football team commanders are good. Uh, this would be so awesome if he was out of there. Then just move the damn stadium back into D.C. instead of this Landover crap and, and get going. Do you have any emotional reaction to this? Because we're both, you know, Steelers, Patriots fans, but we're, we're both 
fans of the Washington team. That's where we grew up. I want my mom to be happy. I want our friends from high school to be happy who literally aren't fans of the team anymore. It, it's sad. Like, Pat held on for a long time, our buddy, and then he even he gave up. And I said, like, wow, it's sad to see a man broken like that, you know? But uh, do, do you have any reaction at all? Or are you like, no, I'll believe when I see it? Uh, no, I, when I first saw it, the Congress thing was a kind of an eye opener. Um, I mean, when, when that gets into it, I, I, I pray to the football gods. This is true. If they can get Schneider out, it would be awesome because then they're going to get some billionaire to buy it and make the, and be willing to actually make this team like a good team and maybe get some better, uh, vibes in there overall. But, um, they were a legendary franchise. Oh, I know. Can you believe he that? Destroyed like, it. I know the Jets and the in, in, in Detroit, they've never had success. Yeah, like he Washington it. was a powerhouse in the eighties and nineties. Yeah. yeah, and just destroyed by this little pipsqueak who yeah. everyone hates. Don't you know, Snyder, crab cakes and football <laughs> is what Maryland does. Not tax He's never evasion had a crab cake and sexual assault. He does he wouldn't even know he a crab cake if it bit him, him on the nose. <laughs> yeah. All right. Gentlemen, any idea about uh, who we want to cover and what position we want to cover next week? Probably do the receivers. Let's do all the fun stuff first. And also because the Steelers are definitely taking receiver within the first three rounds, if not the first two. So Sky Moore is coming to the, to the Steelers. Let me just talk about that more. Unbelievable name. Well. All right. Looking forward next week to the wide receiver episode. Thank you again, David, for spending all the time doing the analysis that you did. Yes, thank you. Everybody out there. Hit us up on Twitter at Steelers Outpost. Shoot us an email at SteelersOutpost at gmail.com. Tune in next week for our wide receiver podcast. Thanks for listening. Until next week, go Steelers. Okay, bye-bye. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card. Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com match. Just go to Indeed.com match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crowe portrays an ex-homicide detective unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. Searching for NBA playoff coverage? 
we've got you. The Old Man and the Three, presented by BMW, gives you an inside look into the world of sports. Hosted by former NBA sharpshooter and Duke legend J.J. Redick and sports writer Tommy Alter, The Old Man and the Three offers unprecedented access to the league. Tommy and J.J. discuss the NBA and interview some of the biggest names in the league, like Devin Booker and Luka Doncic. NBA final season is the perfect time to dive in, and you can listen to The Old Man and the Three wherever you get your podcasts. To hear episodes brought to you by BMW. Push the limits this NBA season with the brand that set the ultimate standard. BMW, the ultimate driving machine.